podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Hello, I'm Nick and welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Now, last week uh, I did it with Oldham fan uh, Chris England, but uh, sadly Chris couldn't make it today, so instead we have Roger Moore with us, the late (laughs) Roger Moore. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have a bit of a cold that makes me sound like Roger Moore, which which amuses me. Go on, do a line, I love it. (laughs) I'm writing a novel about Greek smugglers, do you know any? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please. Now, obviously, Chris, I've kept an eye on Oldham, because I always do, and, and have done for the 40 years that I've known you. Um, but for the girls and boys at home, maybe you could uh, yeah. tell us how they're getting on. Well, as you know, 30, 40, 50 years of sporting Oldham Athletic has made me a serial saluter of single magpies, a crazed avoider of cracks in the pavement, a constantly wary, wood-touching fate tempter. I even thought that saying on the podcast last week that Oldham were bottom of the league pile might somehow supernaturally prompt an uptick in fortunes, but no. Nope. We lost at home to Colchester. And remained the only pointless team in Division 4, currently trading as League 2. So our 30-year quest to be the first team to go from the Premier League to the National League goes on. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do that. And I noticed this week that Southampton had beaten Newport away yes. 8-0. Uh, yes. And you lost to Newport, we didn't did. you? <laughs> we did. At home? At home. And the first game of the season. That's right, an 88th yeah. minute um, demoralising winner. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And on Saturday, I'm going to be at Sutton for their first home game. Oh, the heady days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their first home game on their new grass pitch because they've, they've dug up the 3G that they won promotion on. And uh, there was a little piece in The Guardian that said that only four teams, Bradford, Northampton, Port Vale and Swindon, would complete the set of playing a competitive fixture against each of the other 91 by playing Sutton this season. But actually, we're going to do that on Saturday and we will be the first. And Swindon won't do it until they've also played Harrogate because they were relegated right. last so, season. So, so you've, even, you've even been, you've been disappeared, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. That's I mean, what's I'm, happened. Maybe I'm being oversensitive. Like Trotsky. Yeah, but it feels like we're being, <laughs> we're being willfully ignored, like, you know, Stalinist revisionism. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, the Guardian's already mentally written us off, even though we're only four straight defeats in. So, you know, what chance do we have? Yeah, well, that's absolutely rubbish. But, yeah. you know, what, how are things in the heady... Well, of the top end of the well, you see now this, <laughs> the trouble is. So we won the first game of the season for the first time, I think, since about 1952, <laughs> and and we I have to be very quiet because we're doing quite well, and I want to go and hide somewhere so that so that I don't wake up the bad things that yeah, are going the, to the happen. table legs would touch that, touch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So so really, I don't want to talk about it, but it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of been all right. And on Saturday, we actually scored a really, really, really good goal which is amazing because they'd shut my lucky turnstile which I was I was looking at it and I was thinking oh no I've got to go through I've got to go through one of the other turnstiles (laughs) and I was actually paused there thinking about it and then and then then this man came up behind me a young man and said oh no I've got to go through dad's unlucky turnstile (laughs) and it wasn't my son (laughs) but this is how you find out whether another turnstile is lucky or not you've got got more information going forward 
Yeah, yeah. Well, my un- unlucky turnstile is now my lucky turnstile. So you know that there's the big Excellent. news in the Excellent. Hancock household. Excellent. Good. Well, so the season's underway properly. Uh, we've entered a brave new world where a West Ham can be top of the yes. list. Who thought such a thing was possible? <laughs> well, you told me this. I wasn't even aware that West Ham had never topped the top division. Uh, th- I think or is it wa- the Premier League? No, I think once, 15 years ago, I think was it was during the commentary of the uh, well, towards the end of the game on Monday night. They said they'd been top once 15 years ago, so it predates. But is this Sky? So it may well be the Premier League. It would be the Premier League, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the big thing that they did on on Monday night, was they made a huge fuss over Mikel Antonio uh, reaching 49 goals, which which made him West Ham's top Premier League goal scorer. What sort of a record is that? Because you think Jeff Hurst, lovely Jeff Hurst, doesn't count. 180 goals in the first division Mm -hmm. and 30 for Stoke. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and didn't doesn't count. Yeah. Vic Watson, their actual um, record goal scorer, two hundred and five goals in the first division. Yeah, doesn't count. But but because history started in nineteen ninety two. Well, exactly, which which we have said before. But actually, I have to say, I like uh, Mikel and Antonio, oh, yeah. and I liked him when he was at Forest, and and I like him now. And he's, he was a, he was a very uh, very good performance on Monday. I mean, he 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 was a brilliant um, centre forward thing. Two goals, two brilliant goals, brilliant assist. And uh, and one of the craziest goal celebrations you'll ever see. Ran over to a, uh, the bench, picked up a life-size cardboard cutout of himself, lifted it up in the air, gazing adoringly into its cardboard eyes. I mean, it was rather unsettling, to I be honest. Oh, well, I didn't see this. but I, no. it, And afterwards, he said, uh, in, the, in, in you know, an interview with yeah. Carragher and Neville and the, the, the guy who presents it, um, said, did you get it? Did you get? Did you get what it was supposed to be? And none of them did. What was it? And he said, and he claimed that he was doing a recreation of an iconic moment from the film "Save the Last Dance for Me," which, and he meant what? And he meant dirty dancing. "Save the Last Dance for Me" is a different film. It's yeah. a similar storyline. I'm not yeah. saying it's not, but "Dirty Dancing" is the one where Patrick Swayze lifts the girl up, and uh, that's yeah, the yeah. climax. I, oh, that's what he was doing, and that's what he was doing. But I don't think he'd thought this through at all. I mean, if you you're making out. In front of thousands of people with a cardboard cutout of yourself. I'm not sure that's a good look. No. At all. And also, if there was a picture on the back yeah. rather than just plain white. You know, if he'd got a cardboard cutout that had the back of his shirt with his name on it, he, people would have known what the hell was going on. But you couldn't... Only he could see the picture. Yeah. He was holding it up so only he could see the picture. No one knew what but, the hell was going on until he threw it away. Well, conceivably, the back, if it was all white, was, was available for advertising. <laughs> available advertising <laughs> space. Well, well, what I liked about it, because you told me about it, and obviously I haven't seen it, was, was <laughs> the amount of p- uh, points at which, before this happened, he could have stopped it. <laughs> So, first of all, he's thought of it. That is strange. Yeah. Okay. Stop it now. Yeah. Then he suggested it to somebody else yeah. who's clearly backed him yeah. up. Yeah. Don't Tr- do that, Mikael. No, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. Then he's got the cutout made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really, really hoping that it was just for advertising purposes and already existed in oh, the right. club oh, shop. Oh, it was in the club shop. Okay. Um, and that he didn't go to Pronto Print and get but, it done. But, but it goes on. If, 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 well, no, I'd like him to have gone to Pronto Print. Yeah. The other thing is. Because someone had to hand it to him. Yeah, right? the, it was the reserve so, goalkeeper. So, so therefore, he's had to do a dress rehearsal. Yes. At some stage. What I want you to do is what I want you to do is this, and, yeah, I, yeah, I, and yeah. also he did it for the second. He scored two goals, and yeah. he did it on the second goal. So I think on the first goal, he might have run over, and then and the reserve team goalkeeper was going, "No, no, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. No, don't do it. It's a bad idea." Don't do it. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
then also, of course, yes, it, so it also he has to score a goal, and then he has to do it. And then what I liked most about it was that you do it, you hold up the cutout of yourself, which, of course, for another 30 quid you could have had printing on the back. Yeah. But then, when you finished... You've got to go and put it away somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Go the whole hog, you know. Get just get some sort of sex doll, <laughs> put his face on it. Well, the, well, that's not what I what I presume was, was, the, was the was the most likely thing. I mean, he they've would got have done. they've gone they go to so much trouble to come up with a good goal celebration yeah. now, yeah, and and you know the the idea that. You know, they could start recreating whole bits of film. It's quite, it's quite appealing yeah. to me. So there was a Spider-Man guy, wasn't there? Who only put down a Spider-Man? Uh, there was a mask. mask. Uh, it was an Argentinian or Uruguayan, oh, wasn't he? Yeah. And there was a, well, there was a Mexican player, wasn't there, who had uh, a Mexican wrestler's mask tucked down his sock for weeks on end in case he scored. Yeah. And, uh, and, there, was... and there was that um, bloke who put on the kilt. Oh, now, that, that may have been in Tiger, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was that an episode of Billy's Boots? Yes, something like that. But I also, but... I'd like, go on, sorry, we were going to say. No, no, I'd, well, there was, uh, there was, Robbie Keane did a thing, didn't he, where he would roll and then do a bow and arrow yes, thing. Yes, yes. Around about the time of the of the Robin Hood thing. He did shooting as well, did didn't he? The, what, the, the, pi- yeah, the, the pistol-packing mama thing? Yeah, that sort yeah, of thing. I, no, I think that might be someone else. I think Robin Key in the World Cup in Japan yes. was doing the rolling and then bow yeah. and arrow thing. Yeah. But you know, I think why not start, why not act out whole scenes with dialogue, I, you know. I think it's a good idea. Get a team to shout at you. Did you order a code red? <laughs> and shout back, You're goddamn right I did <laughs> And I think I would love it if someone celebrated yeah. a goal doing that. And you know, there was that dentist chair, wasn't there? The dentist chair thing in ninety six with Gaza. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, think how much better that would have been if Teddy Sheringham had been alongside him just whispering in his ear, <laughs> Is it safe? Is it safe? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I like the idea of football being combined with film improv. Yes, ladies yes and exactly, film recreation um, improv. And Jack, we will get off the subject in a minute, but yeah, also yeah. There's, there's, of course, the T-shirts. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, which are often very sad and about, about maybe yeah. somebody who's been ill. or, or, or oh, sometimes, or, but sometimes they're about the... You know, yes, why well, is it always me? Why is it always me? It's because but, you're a bit of a twist. Yeah, but, why? <laughs> but, it, but again, and Balotelli, of course, yeah. but again... Um, a bit like you say about Michael Antonio going to Pronto Print. Yeah. Here's a question. Is it sadder to get the T-shirt printed or to write it yourself? <laughs> with, okay. a fe- with a felt pen, with a, with a marker. Pen. The <laughs> night before the game, Dimitar Berbatov is there <laughs> writing it out. Or even worse... Standing over his, either his wife or his child and going, no, not like that, not like that. Yeah. Now make that word bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and or you know, his teammates saying, you know, you, you've been on a bit of a bad run. That 100 goals shirt you're wearing on <laughs> yes. your side is beginning to stink it's a bit. Rank, that it's rank. <laughs> yes, it's getting a bit stiff under the arm. Let <laughs> yes. me get another one. <laughs> and and one of the most famous ones uh, uh, was Thierry Henry. Arsenal failed to score against Liverpool for I don't know some ridiculous number of games. And he had a T-shirt that said, there goes your nil-nil, or something yeah, along those yeah. lines. And he pulled it off to reveal this, but he scored the second goal. Hmm. So it had, you know, it it had, had gone, gone. some time before. It had gone. Yeah. I know. Uh, goal celebrations, they'll be, we shall come to them again. I yeah, I know. I think, yes, no goal doubt. celebrations coach is what most of these teams do. <laughs> they need that. Well, they've got, they've got special uh, throw-in coaches. They have. They? They, At uh, Liverpool, they have now. They have. And, and inspired by the success that Stoke had all those years ago. Yeah, and how many teams are now doing that long throw-in? Who used to absolutely give us so much stick? West Brom, of course. Yeah, the and they West Ham of the Midlands. And they have a special, certainly now. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. all they do. Mm. 
most teams have one, don't they? Yeah. You'd have thought a uh, goal celebration, it's enough, as Barry Davis said. Look at his face! Just, Just look at his look face! At his face! <laughs> well, that's all you need to do. <laughs> yes, well, now, uh, uh, on the rest of the uh, Premiership, there was um, a noticeable change uh, that has been in the first couple of weeks about how games are being refereed after yep. the Euros. Euros. Yep. There was a general sort of air of approval about the refereeing there in that tournament. Not just the uh, the different VAR interpretation with the different lines yep. that they're doing now, but also a more sort of laissez-faire attitude about contact, yep. about heavy tackles. Yep. And, and apparently the PGMOL offered up new guidelines for referees this season. And that stands for, I know now, <laughs> oh, I was, was going to say, if you want to know what that's for, yeah. you're going to have to look Go it up because Chris but couldn't it, remember. I couldn't remember earlier, but <laughs> it stands for Professional Game Match Officials Limited. So, the, uh, so for Limited. once, the L isn't linesman, which I thought it was. No, uh, but game and match are pretty much lifting the same weight there, aren't they? Isn't yes, that? they are. And you, why limited? You can be a game official. You can be a match official. Yeah, but it can be a game and match official. You, you'll turn up for any match. Does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so not all managers are, are, are quite on board with this new the new standards that are being set uh, Jurgen Klopp had a bit of a mouthful about it didn't he saying that it had set yes. football back 10 or 15 years <laughs> yes, which is incredibly <laughs> melodramatic isn't it <laughs> it is but actually you know I think the, arguably it's uh, the clock if the clock is being reset or the calendar rather is being reset at all it's being reset to to the start of the Arsene Wenger era because right. Wenger was the one wasn't he who, who uh, was credited with introducing a more modern football and if you want this modern football you, you know you have to adjust your game you yes. have to protect the players who 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 play it yes and uh, because he'd had he'd had success and everybody liked how Arsenal were playing mm-hmm. he ha- he had a lot of weight in his first sort of in his first few years and a yeah, lot of yeah. changes were kind of not 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 directly maybe but yeah, under pressure from let's, him let's be honest you know. briefly Arsene Wenger was a breath of fresh air. Briefly, yeah. Late, later on, he stank the place out. But yes, <laughs> early on, he was a breath of fresh air. liked him. And then for and then for twenty more years, he was slightly musty librarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with halitosis. <laughs> um, Solskjaer also was complaining about the new refereeing standard, and part of you thinks, as Gary Lineker said on Match of the Day, that that what they're trying to do is put a little bit of subliminal pressure on referees not to not to do this so much yeah. um, in their games to let you know to to protect their. Players. Players yeah. uh, because they don't want to have an argument with Jurgen Klopp. They want his autograph. You know that's what referees want, isn't it? They want. To, they want. Oh well, yes. And if, basically, anything a manager says in, in a post-match interview is a subliminal yes, way. Yes. Anything of is game. Everything is gamesmanship unless it's Steve Bruce doing it. Because yeah, Steve Bruce has a has a, an, a more or less constant air of not quite knowing what the hell's going on. Yes. He had the most interesting complaint I thought the, at the weekend about the new refereeing, saying uh, after. Ca- um, Callum Wilson was caught offside and then uh, it would have been a penalty if play had been allowed to go on and they pulled it back and he was offside and uh, Steve Bruce said uh, I thought I thought we weren't doing armpits anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and when you look at the the offside that he was complaining about, the armpit was on the was the defender's armpit, and, and not Callum Wilson. Wilson was like a clear foot ahead of him. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And it's like he hadn't quite got what it was he was complaining about. But just, just I mean, just on on the whole player protection thing, okay, and and what it was brought about because of yes, so it was meant mm. to protect the players, and so therefore the game would flow more. Yeah. But in fact, the game flows an awful lot less. Because there's because far it's too much, for, for yeah. too much. And, and because players know yeah. they can get it stopped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and so the more and more free kicks, and also you know the worst one. To, to, this could potentially save a player's life 
If there's a head injury, we have to stop. Yeah. So, you know, what do they do? They all pretend they have head injuries, which I think is so awful when you think what it is about. And also, the players, they love it when the game stops. You know, they have a little <laughs> yeah. wander around. They might go and get some they water. Get some drink. It's, yeah, yeah. They like little breakout meetings all over the ground. Yeah, it's they just go, they nip staggering. Over to, nip over to the bench and, and, and get the cardboard cutout ready. Yeah, yeah. For, just in case. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and a booking... Is is a good five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's an official appeals process that happens on the pitch, and you don't get the you don't get the added time, which uh, I discovered on uh, Monday is now apparently not called added time anymore. It wasn't called added; it was called added time when it was no longer called injury time. Yes, and now apparently it's called lost time. Oh, is it? Lost time is the oh, new, my is the new word. word. Could we have apparently. that in life? Actually, no. <laughs> no, I spent my life trying to lose time. Yeah, it's, all the time. It's, it's all lost time, well, frankly. So I think, the re- I think the refereeing thing has been generally well received. Yeah. Okay? I mean, the only things... What I would really like to see, and this is my suggestion for football in general, neutral <laughs> physios. Okay? So physios, you can come and go, there's nothing wrong with him. Even if you have a physio from the, from the same team that's wrong and also yeah. if because they're complicit in whatever gamesmanship is going on of course they are of course they are and you know and in rugby they go on and actually cut somebody's face with a razor blade yes um, under their th- under the, the thumbnail under thing. the thumbnail yeah, yeah. but um, but the other thing is wouldn't it be great if they actually had those Star Trek tricorders where they could tell you immediately <laughs> if he'd been injured where, then, the, where uh, the VAR ref could tell you immediately yeah, <laughs> you can yeah see from a distance instant x-ray <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and then if you're not injured um uh, you 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 get sent off. Was it you that was telling me the story about? I mean, because diving is now one of the skills that a footballer should have. Or, yes, you know, or, or or if he doesn't go down, that's thought to be very bad. Was it you that telling me about Sunes and Micah Richards? No. no. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So there's um, I, there was so it, may, it might have been Tim Lovejoy last week. Yeah, yeah. Any, anyway, so a player goes down and. Micah Richards is, is talking about it after the game and he says he's been really clever there yeah. because, you know, if he stays on his feet, he's probably not going to be able to get a shot away. Yeah. He's gone down, he's won a penalty. That's clever play. Yeah. And soon that just goes, well, but that's cheating, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there, in a nutshell, are the, yeah. are the, are the, are the different, um, different approaches of, of different eras. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the 70s, of course, I mean, you, you had players whose nicknames were things like Chopper, Chopper Harris. or bites Norman, your legs. Norman yeah. bites your legs, yeah. And in the 70s, you know, there were very few bookings because basically, generally, players went straight to the red card incident, <laughs> even though there wasn't a red card. And I, I'm fairly sure you could take the pitch in a first division Premier League match with a handgun <laughs> and not be booked, you know. No, still... just, well, you'd have to have a, a warning first, probably. Yes, probably, Before you yeah. actually yeah. used it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, I... yeah, it was not, it's not a, it's not, I mean, I think this, generally speaking, the, the, the change in attitude of refereeing after the Euros is a, a pleasing sort of I, reversal. I, 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 absolutely. And, and unlike most of the things that happen in football that have changed since I started watching it, it hasn't made it a little bit more shit. No, but on the Klopp thing, I seem to remember when there were no crowds in Klopp, something about Sheffield United, how it was better for them than it was for Liverpool. But basically, all interviews are, it's not fair yeah. by all it's managers. That, that, they may as well just come on and say, it's not fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, things, if it was 
Oh, well, God help us, a level playing field. Yeah. What would that be like? Yeah. You know? That would be awful. Yeah, it would be awful. I like the, uh, on the subject of refereeing, I like the story from a couple of years ago uh, when Guardiola came out and was complaining about a heavy tackle on, I think it was Leroy Sane at the time. Right. And it was a heavy, it was a heavy tackle and he had to go off, but he was injured for like two or three weeks, that's all. It yeah. wasn't like a, a life-threatening, career-ending injury. Yeah. And Neil Warnock said, you're in England now. And Neil Warnock was the manager of Cardiff, and they were playing in Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that somebody just whispered in his ear. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Neil, no, no, Neil, 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 Wales, Neil you've forgot, uh, forgotten which yeah. club you're the, yeah, the yeah. manager of. You know you're saying that the crowd aren't really behind yeah. you. This yeah. won't help, This Neil. isn't going <laughs> to help. It's not going to help. No. And it's basically Guardiola saying, please, you know, I've, I've come up with a plan to beat you all, buying all the best players. You know, don't come up with a way to counteract it. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on from that. Um, there, there were, there's also been um, this week because when we were talking last week, it looked like Harry Kane was going to agitate his way out of yeah. Spurs over to Manchester City, yeah. and uh, he seems to have given up on that now. And last week it was Kane's leaving and Guardiola's wants him, and this week it's Kane staying and maybe Guardiola's leaving. Yes. Oh, I'm going to be manager for a couple of years and then I'm going to take a break and uh, then I might go into international management. Who knows what I might do? Yes, you know. it does. It does. It does smack of somebody not getting their own way. Well, and yeah. Walking out a little bit, doesn't well, it? Well, yeah, a little bit um, um, for both of them, really, and they're reacting. They're reacting uh, slightly differently to both not getting their own way, and they're men who are used to getting their own way. Yes, absolutely, Cade and Guardiola. But I think I, I can't understand. I can't understand the uh, Harry Kane wanting to leave Spurs. I think if you're a footballer, I, if I was a footballer, the money seems to be so. There's so much money. Yeah. How is it, it? It can't continue to be a relevant. Well, but isn't 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 in this case? Is it not the trophies? But thing? the thing is, what I would say to you is: look at Manchester City. Yeah, they were the runners-up in the Champions League. Yeah, this last time. Yeah, two years ago, Harry Kane was the runner-up in the Champions well, League with Tottenham. You know, and if he if they'd won the Champions League with Tottenham, that would mm-hmm. be. That would be ten times more impressive than winning it. Well, it, it would be, but also you have to remember that 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 was three managers ago yeah. for Harry Kane. Well, I guess, <laughs> which Guardiola is still there. Yeah, but I just think I think there's trophies, but there's also making yourself, uh, you know, an icon within that. Oh well, yes, I mean absolutely. So if Matthew Letizia, Steve Ball, mm. these these what you know these the, the phrase used to be the one club men. Yeah, oh, the oh, one club the, dinosaur. Oh, yeah, Tony yeah. Adams. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Dennis Smith. Yeah, Ryan Giggs. (laughs) Jimmy Dickinson. Okay. (laughs) Portsmouth. Anyway, we we could go on. (laughs) Yeah, and perhaps perhaps we shouldn't. And the other other little um, news thing was that uh, the the so-called Super League breakaway clubs have been fined £22 million between them, which is next to nothing, and told not to do it again, not to do it again, or else they'll lose 30 points, which will really... That would really upset them. Well, I yes, think. but the points deduction has always been the thing that they finally balk at, unless it's somebody like Swindon, yeah. where they can get away with it years yeah, and yeah. years and years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they'll never go there. They will never go there. And so 20 million, as you say, is like, is um, a bit part under 23's league <laughs> player, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. For them. Yeah, it's a reserve player for the top clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and now when when there's a big fine, I'm always interested to know because it's very very rarely made clear yeah. where the money's going to go. 
Yeah. They take 22 million off them. What are they going to do with it? Yeah. You football administrators, you, yes. you transparent, you squeaky clean yes. fellas. <laughs> yes. And the, the phrase is money to go towards the good of the game. Mm. The good of the game. Yeah. Who's deciding what that is? Well, they are. And, yeah. and we've seen what's happened there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, they, are, they, are they monitoring the good of the game? Is yeah. there a level that we can increase? I like it when they, the, 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 they do a big TV deal mm-hmm. to the Premier League and it says that. Yeah, for, for billions, yeah. billions yeah. of pounds, yeah. and fifty million pounds has been earmarked for grassroots projects. Yeah. And, and you say, what are these grassroots projects? And you look at the detail, and it's it's fifty uh, artificial pitches. And in my in my mind, you shouldn't be calling those grassroots projects no, no. because they're not, are they? There's I, no there's no grass. There's no, they should be like extruded polymer projects. They should be. <laughs> but when I see that. The word that strikes me is earmarked, yeah. which means not given, not, not, not yet, not spent, and, and this possibly is never. Yeah, this is what we're, this is what we're planning yeah. to do, yeah. but if something comes up, you never know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the social housing, and, <laughs> and some of it's earmarked for social housing. It won't happen, but it's earmarked. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, this is, what, this is the thing that has caught my eye this week that I want to talk about. <laughs> It's this thing, Socios. You've come across this at all? And it's, it was news to me this week. Apparently it's been around for a couple of years. A couple of years, yeah. But in, yeah. The, in, in a background sort of way. Socios is, oh, God help us, a fan platform which sells fan tokens, offering supporters the chance to influence decision-making at their team. I mean, can you... You believe that it has made some high-profile partnerships this summer, including Arsenal and Manchester City. Their Inter Milan's shirt sponsors and the Argentinian top division is now called Torneo Socios. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell is it? I mean, it's it's owned by Chile's, which is the cryptocurrency you have to use to buy the token. Right. Okay. So you have to get into the cryptocurrency yeah. that, that that this company. Uh, you know, flogged. Propagates. Yeah, <laughs> a good word, yeah. Uh, you know, me either. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is, these tokens, you can trade these things. You get enough of them. You can yeah. trade them, and their value will apparently go up and down according to, I don't know what I don't know what the hell they go up and down according to. Apparently the PSG one went up in value around the time they signed Lionel Messi. But this was principally because of some desperate pushing by traders on social media. And then the price crashed because the, the, the price going up wasn't actually based on anything. On anything at all. On anything at no, all. But just, I mean, now I've looked into it because you said about it, and it really, I have to say, generally, it is quite frightening. Yeah. To me, how it's allowed, God alone knows, and we come back to the guardians of the game here. So <laughs> it says, it is saying, right, you can pay this money into the club, mm. And you will be able to influence. Now, this to make it clear, this is not Ebbsfleet. When Ebbsfleet did the thing where you could buy into the club and you could help pick the team, if yeah. I remember, yeah, by yeah, yeah, voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, so it's not that. One. Two, it's for the already extremely rich clubs that have gone into financial mismanagement because of themselves. Yeah, because and it's m- because they want to. Uh, find a way of, <laughs> and this is the this is the word that is so depressingly cynical. They want to find a way to monetize yep. the ninety nine percent of fans that are not in the stadium. And what they mean principally yeah. is uh, what the guy says, who's who who's uh, who's um, organising this, yep. says we're not targeting the guy who has a tattoo and is a season ticket holder. Ooh. <laughs> Our clients are the guys who will most likely never go to the stadium and yet dream about the team, but were born in Korea, Japan, Turkey or Brazil. Not acknowledging them 
is discrimination. Nah, is what yeah, he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I mean, is there? I don't think I've ever heard anyone connected with football and it di- use a phrase so dripping with contempt. No, it is. It is. As we're not targeting the guy and, who has and, a tattoo and, and, and a yeah. season ticket holder. And the use of monetizing oh, those people is makes your skin crawl, doesn't it? Horrible. So one of the things I was reading, one of the things that you can do, listen to this for the influence, yeah. is. And bear in mind, these are people in Brazil, wasn't it? Indonesia, <laughs> in Brazil, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, Japan, okay. Yeah. One of the things you can do is influence the playlist before the game. <laughs> yeah, and these are the 99% of fans that are not, not in the at stadium. The game. Yeah. So, they can influence the playlist in the stadium so, on a so, match day so, for the other 1%. It's a bit like saying, look, I'm really sorry, um, you're not invited to the wedding, but if you give me 500 quid, <laughs> you can choose one of the hymns. Yeah, Band of Gold. <laughs> we play Band of Gold. <laughs> and also, what I love about this is. This is not understanding how fans work. So, if you, you're a Tottenham fan, you can buy loads between you of things for Arsenal, yes, and, and you can have nice one Cyril played every yes, single yeah. time. Or, you know, at what level can they possibly influence anything? I mean, the only thing... I looked on their website and looked at various articles about this. The only two things that I see mentioned as, as uh, things you can influence uh, are that, choosing the songs on the playlist at the stadium, which is just rubbish... And renaming the training ground. Well, you see, and that, that, that is exactly it. And the other thing, the other really big, whacking great thing it hits me with is it's saying fans don't have any any influence, which but yeah. we can give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Because while we are making this plan for you to be able to influence the playlist before the game. We're setting up a European Super League, but not telling you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what it reminds me of is like, it's Homer Simpson buying itchy and scratchy money at itchy and scratchy land. <laughs> and the, the woman there saying, it's just like regular money, except it's fun. <laughs> 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 and then when he gets inside, there are signs everywhere saying, we do not accept itchy and yeah. scratchy money. Yeah, but, but the main thing is it's because of their financial mismanagement. So it's like going into Tesco, OK, and then saying, look, we really appreciate your loyalty to us and for you buying all your shopping here. If you give us £500, because we've had a bit of a bad year, <laughs> you may be able to decide where the condiments aisle goes. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't do it, would you? I found some uh, reviews of this of this uh, Socios thing, one of which were, well, one star, useless and pointless, there is no engagement with the club. One star, home of fan influence, home of my arse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, here's Kenneth. Easy to use, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Being a fan and having such tokens is really amazing, exclamation mark. Hoping for the best value of these tokens in the future. Yeah. And Kenneth, I think, has yeah. got himself is a that, job is, at Socios. Is that good enough, bro? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to have to stop on that one because we could go on and on and talk about club. But keep an eye out for it because yeah. it's, it's a terrifyingly it, it is, cynical it is, thing. It is, and Socios, it's like Smirsh or Spectre or it something is, like that. Yeah. Or the Torex Foundation who used to sponsor Oldham shirts. It sounded like they were going to kill you. Our guest today, quite apart from being one of the nicest, funniest people on earth, is a Crystal Palace fan with a family tree that sprouts football. She's on the show despite fearing that women are on a hiding to nothing when talking about football. So strong is the desire to get them to fail. Starting in comedy, when some people still believe that women couldn't be funny, she's already seen, indeed helped, opinions change. Let's hope that the current bunch of female pundits have the same success. Today, the famous sloping pitch is right on trend following all the big broadcasts 
Masters. Please welcome our guest, unfunny token woman, Joe Brand. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just thought I couldn't get away with that with anybody else, but I knew, that, I knew you'd be all right. Well, I, w- I was in a pub once years ago, and this bloke just said to me, oh, who do you support? And I said, Crystal Palace. And he went, who's their manager? Oh, no. I didn't realise this was a quiz. Is it Cliff Richard? (laughs) Uh, God's sake. It it is an interesting thing, that. Uh, When you said it to me when when we first talked about you possibly doing this, and you said, oh, you know, it is difficult because... Either way, if you say too much, they'll go, well, they should be boning up on that just to prove that you yeah. do. Or if you say something slightly out, then, well, see, that just shouldn't be allowed. I know, I know, can't win. But you're, <laughs> That's the life of ladies for you, there, well, guys. It, it sounds like it. <laughs> God bless them. Um, now, I know your, fa- your family, you were telling me, has quite strong footballing links, doesn't it? Quite apart from you. Well, yes, because obviously when I was a lad, um, <laughs> I my, both my brothers played football, uh, but I wasn't allowed because girls didn't then, yeah. <clears throat> back in 1841. Anyway, um, so yeah, so um, I, I would have quite fancied it. I think obviously we did all have the genes because um, my brother, Bill, my older brother, he had uh, trials for West Ham and Chelsea uh, mm-hmm. when he was about 13. And um, they said to him, you're too small and you're a bit injury prone, but come back in six months uh, when you've grown a bit and we'll have another look at you. And sadly, at the time, my dad was suffering really severely from depression and he just never took him back again. So that was the end of his football career. Um, And he has five kids. Uh, The oldest is the um, coach manager of Eastbourne Town, bless him. Is he? Yeah, he used to be player manager, but he had a really terrible injury a couple of years ago, oh. so he didn't really play too ferociously anymore. No. My The next one down, Dan, he was a fantastic footballer when he was a teenager, and um, he and Gareth Barry were good mates, and they played sort of for the same uh, team. They right. played for the South, a South East Coast team. And th- my brother told me this story, and I think this is this is what went wrong with Dan, because him and Gareth were playing in a semi-final of something, and they lost 3-1. And Bill, my brother, was waiting for them to come out after they got showered and everything. And out they came, and Gareth Barry looked absolutely gutted, as if the worst thing in the world had happened. <laughs> And my nephew, Dan, went to my brother, what are we going to do now, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's right. I think it's one of the phrases they hate to hear in in academies is, um, I'm just glad to be here. (laughs) 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 To tell you the honest truth, have a kick around. It's great fun. (laughs) It's Uh, not really a world, is it, where it's good enough just to be taking part? No, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely. And my niece, Beck, similarly, really good footballer, used to play in the boys' team, um, the only only girl, because, again, they didn't have women's teams then and she played for England under 17s then under 19s had a few European games right and uh, then just thought is this really what I want to do with my life and she thought no it's not what's she doing now well, she is. Um, she actually works kind of in the media. She was working for a long time at Women in Film and Television. Right. And uh, she's living in Italy now, so she's having a very so, nice so, time. So football's losses. She does game. still play, though. Oh, does she? Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, who does she play for over there? Well, I don't know. I don't. I think it's not a kind of no, not you a, know, not, not a, a top, big top team professional or anything, team. But I just think the women's of... football in Italy is ahead of here, though, isn't it? It was a bigger it thing, is. a bigger deal in Italy than it was here until oh, I, yeah. until the. 
England team started doing well in the Women's That's World right. Cup and in the Olymp- I think the Olympics in 2012, I think people started noticing women's football a lot more a after lot, that. Well, it was put on television. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the well, yeah. Line. People, that's that's how, when I notice things when they're on the television. Yes. That's when <laughs> I, <laughs> can I just say I remember you telling me ages ago about how popular women's football For, was. Yes, um, during the the first World War, and, because all and, the men weren't there to play. So. Yeah, and so they used to, they used to have these women's games, and they used to just get packed out. I mean, like forty thousand, forty five thousand. Uh, crowds and a very famous team, Dick Kerr's team, which was based in Preston, and and it got banned because the FA decided it was a little bit frightening and they didn't want it. Well, you know, once the, once the, once the men had come back, and so in effect, that's the, terrible, though, isn't it? It's really? absolutely terrible. I mean, it was banned in that um, you can't ban people from playing football, but what they said was, if you're going to call it a match refereed under our rules, you can't do that. Hmm. So it was just an absolutely That's terrible thing. Then. Yeah. yeah, absolutely terrible. In fact, I've got a little, a little figurine of a Stoke ladies, uh, 1927, winners of the World Cup, <laughs> um, which I think you know, they could call it. Why, why did you keep that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's dead old. Why do you throw that out? What use is a figurine? It's no use at all. <laughs> so now, now, Crystal Palace. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the match experience. Let's talk about uh, why Crystal Palace first of all. Well, uh, when I first moved up to London, when I was twenty to train as a nurse, I actually lived in Thornton Heath. Oh, right. Obviously, it's very close by. Mm-hmm. And um, so I used to go to a few games and I had um, a group of friends who were called The Family and they're an extremely badly behaved group of mainly men mm-hmm. whose hobby was getting so drunk that they fell asleep, went to the end of the tube line and stayed there all night and then came back in the morning. That's what they were like. Right. Do they hang okay. around outside my house? They sound very familiar. <laughs> I have asked them to. Uh, <laughs> well, it, and it was just the family, not the Manson family, wasn't it? It wasn't the Manson no, family. Okay, so um, they, didn't, they never copyrighted that name, though. So, you know. <laughs> I have to say, I loved going to games then because my... My abiding memory, um, not of the team, but my abiding memory was how brilliant the crowd was and just how funny and how absolutely sweary and rude. And, you you know, I now when I go, I get put in the, in inverted commas, slightly posh bit. So everyone's kind of behaving themselves. Yes, and it's a bit of a shame, really. And you seem to get better pies back then as well. <laughs> well, and and standing as well, of course, which yeah, makes absolutely. a big difference. I think. I my when I went to we went to Palace on we played Palace on Boxing Day one once one year when we were having a terrible terrible run, and um, uh, I remember I went to Palace and there were only about forty Stoke fans. There may have been a few more, but. And um, and my favourite sight was turning around to find eight Stoke fans on the terracing at Crystal Palace playing cards, <laughs> sitting down, not looking at the game at all and playing cards. Just fantastic thing. I like the thought of that. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very good. Um, talking about, about um, things you hear in the stadium and, and the chants and all that, Frank Skinner told me a fantastic story about being at West Brom. And he said, it, because this wasn't somebody being really loud, this was somebody just saying something barely, barely audible. So what happened was, it was right at the end of the game, thank you for coming, visiting supporters, please stay in. If there's uh, a Mr um, S. Jones or Steve Jones, just to let you know, your wife's 
just given birth uh, to a baby, which is, okay, in itself, quite frightening. <laughs> and there was this old bloke walking down the steps as you're going out behind him. And the old bloke said, this is the old bloke's reaction to the birth of a baby. He said, poor sod, he's had to watch that shit now he's got to go home and make his own tea. <laughs> The Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. What about, um, I mean, I don't know whether, you, whether, whether you've read a lot about this. I, and it's something that's cropped up a lot in, in, in things I've been looking at is um, there's sort, of, the sort of ambivalent, barely contained antipathy towards the, the, the rash for want of a better word, of female pundits. Um, and and the fact that you get a lot of commentators and pundits now, um, the ex-England players that have become famous during the, 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 the Olympics and the World Cup and things like that. But there's a terrible sniffiness about it. Yeah, there absolutely is. And I think there are a huge numbers of, let's kindly call them traditional men, <laughs> who are racist and misogynist as well. Yes. And... Um, I don't want to name drop here, but I was chatting to Jamie Redknapp recently and he was telling me that when he was at the Italy-England final, because I said, was there like a, you know, a a sort of sizable minority of troublemakers? He went, it was about 97%. And he said that the whole stadium was just like so frightening in terms of the sort of fans that were in there. And it's very difficult to tell with social media uh, the, the sort of abuse that women get online. You know, is it 20 blokes working very hard or is it kind of 55,000? Fasc- that, you just don't know, do yeah, you? Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. And actually, it, it's interesting you should bring up the two things because it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like well, because they're so bad at doing it anyway, the FA will be going, well, we, we can't deal with sexism. We're dealing with racism at the moment and not doing a very good job. What do you want us to do? Both knees? Is that what you want? <laughs> How many knees can we have? I've tried on your knees with my husband. That works pretty well. <laughs> but I was uh, I was at the at the uh, the Euro final again, and you were in the three uh, percent. Of course, I was in the three. I was there with my son. Yeah. Uh, but outside, I mean, it was seething with um, um, hatred. Yeah, some hatred um, and and a lot of you know barely concealed aggression. And but I was quite glad because I could say to my son, "See, this is what it was like when I used to go a lot of football." Oh, no, it certainly <laughs> felt like that to me as yeah. well. Oh, it, it felt like a throwback, didn't it? The whole thing. Oh, it, did, really, really did. It yeah. really did. Sort of I remember when Clive Allen left Palace and went to Villa, and I didn't go yeah. to away games because I was too scared, really. And it, that's one of the few I went to, and it was terrifying. That thing, that weird thing that that sounds like it's not true, but the thing if you lift your feet off the ground, you just get moved somewhere. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Because it was yeah. so tightly packed yeah. and so kind of ferocious. Yes. And obviously the Palace fans were very glad to see Clive when he ran along and scored. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Delighted for you. Good luck yeah, in your new yeah, club. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember him going to Villa, but there you go. We'll take that on, on board. Um, <laughs> uh, we might have gone to... Oh, God, now he, I see. I know, that's why I wanted Brain to... Brain fog. QPR. He went for about he 20 went, minutes. He went, he, that's exactly right. He went to QPR, QPR but via sorry. Arsenal. Yeah, Strangely, wasn't it? Yeah. Liam yeah. Wright went to Arsenal. That was I, a Of blow. course, yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. 
And then relegated you, didn't he, in 1993? Uh, and we, Oldham stayed up at Palace's expense on the last day. We're used to putting up with that shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I live right, I live very close to Crystal Palace and was able to go to a pub and celebrate Oldham staying up um, very close to Salah's Park. Yes. But still. Yeah. But, but so on that, uh, that, that, that sort of painful nostalgia of the aggression and the seething well also this i'm this may not go in also but i also remember very well going to see palace one day with the family and afterwards we went for a curry and the the team were in there having a curry and they were so racist towards the waiters really it was really unpleasant and like i do try to keep quiet when i might get punched but i just couldn't help myself i just stood up and said how do, you know how yeah, dare you yeah. speak so much you can imagine the response well, I got. it was like heroes. a kind of you know comedy store sort of late show Friday night except not quite so articulate and that was fuck off you fat cow so <laughs> anyway yeah it, it was grim in those days I yes, think yes I think it was grim and things have changed but what I was going to ask was but how do you feel about the the, the new sort of slightly heavy sell football the, the, the fact that it's everywhere the fact that everybody has an opinion and all of those things does that ooh, does, does that bother you well, I, I heard you talking about, I still don't know how to pronounce it. Socios. Yes, exactly. I think those sort of money-making things are kind of very cynical, really. Oh, and I think that the, the big spread is actually down to a money thing, isn't it? I mean, I was gutted when Sky... Hello, Rupert. When Sky <laughs> kind of got involved yeah, yeah, and the yes. money started to get much bigger. And basically, it separated off the premiership from, yes. you know... I. Don't tell anyone this, but I quite liked it when Palace was in <laughs> in League One <laughs> because it kind of felt I don't know, just not quite so. Did it feel in more real? Face. Did it? I mean, you know, well, there's it, there's a there's a big it, there's well, such yes, a distance so. between the Premiership yeah. players and the Premiership clubs and the people who are watching. It's got bigger and bigger. The distance between oh gosh, yes, yes, and yes, yes, even yeah, the, yeah. and the people who are watching them at home. They're like it's like sh- it's show business. The connection is is mm-hmm. is gone. But lower down the league, there's there's maybe more of that remaining. Yeah, I did get the app actually just to see. So what it was like. Yeah, I did. Did and, you? Yeah, and I scrolled through, and Palace wasn't on there. So I deleted it. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to have a look. And like you said, you know, you have the opportunity to choose. Yeah. <laughs> like songs. I know, but that, uh, there's something funny about that, isn't there? Getting into Milan to play, I don't know, all around your hat. Well, yes. No, that would be good. When I got married as well, did you, I, I actually asked if we could have a bide with me. And the vicar said, you can't have that. That's a funeral hymn. And I went, oh, it's my favourite hymn. And he went, all right then. Yeah, all right, and then yeah. I said, can we have For Those in Peril on the Sea? Because that's my second favourite. And he went, no. <laughs> What was it you were telling me about your sister's... The, the, the... My sister's wedding. Yeah, the disco at my sister's wedding. Um, the young lad put on... The first thing he put on was Band of Gold. Yeah. All I have left is a Band of Gold. And all and I was reminiscing about this with my other sister just yes. recently. And I've always remembered Band of Gold, thinking what a tremendously inappropriate song that is to start a wedding with. And she said they were all that. They were all breakup songs. He played Breaking Up is Hard to Do. He played I Will Survive. <laughs> 
young hearts run free. What's the use in sharing this one and only life? And ending up as just another lost and lonely wife. Lost and lonely wife. Absolutely. All I have left, all I have left is a band of girls of the dreams I well, hold. It's nice to anticipate a not too happy future. Isn't yes, it? it is. It is. Yeah. Well, you know. It's, well, just to be on the safe side. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like the DJ's going to say, "Well, you're all saying it's not going to last." <laughs> I heard you. All my husband Burns' mates are Palace fans, and his dad was a really devoted Palace fan. Yet yeah, he's a Tottenham fan. I don't know what happened there, and I'm a Palace fan. But a long, long time ago in the seventies, his dad Dennis used to go religiously every time they were playing at home. And uh, one day he was setting off to the match and um, Burns' mum said to him, you look really scruffy, put something nice on. So he thought, God's sake. So he put a blazer on with like really nice bra- brass buttons and he was waiting by the team coach, for the, it was Leeds, for all the Leeds players to get off. And they got off the, as they got off the coach, they saw him and they thought he was some sort of official. A concierge. He had such a smart blazer <laughs> yeah. on. And they all got off the coach and shook his hand one by one. You know, Charlton, <laughs> Billy Bremner. He said it was like one of the favourite days of his life. He yeah. just absolutely loved it. Oh, it's a sweet little story. Yeah, that is yeah. a lovely, lovely story. Joe, thanks so much for coming on and doing that, especially as you say, you're on a hiding to nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Please write to me and say nice things. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> yes, and, and, and on, on that subject, we haven't had um, any emails sent to our email address. So, um, sadly, that means that we're going to have to actually make up our own programme rather than, like <laughs> other podcasts, just read out other people's views uh, throughout. Trust me, if you send in your views, we'll use them because we're lazy. <laughs> okay, well, that's it from the famous sloping pitch. We will be back with another one when we can persuade a new guest to come on. Greatbigowl.com Sports Social Podcast Network.